When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Bears Nation Podcast. Powered by ONTAP Sports Network. Football. You like to play football? Football, of course. It's a football game. Can we watch, Daddy? Bears Nation. It's training camp. I think we're in a good spot right now. You know, the Chicago Bear way is to run the football, stop the run. The biggest thing we need to do is be more consistent. I got this report from Chicago. If you're at training camp, you see the chemistry him and Justin have built. You got to be excited for what the season is going to look like. I'd like one ticket to Chicago. Chicago! When does it end? It's the Bears Nation podcast. We've got to get through to Chicago. Here's your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jay Kassan. Fit right into the hits principle. They're talented. It's Bears Nation, baby. Let's go. All right, welcome in. It is Bears Nation podcast. It is Wednesday, August 16th. We are approaching week two of the preseason is almost upon us. The Bears start joint practices with the Colts today, which they'll do for a couple days, and then obviously they'll play each other and so on and so forth. But we are going to start today's episode by talking a little bit about the game that happened a few days ago over the past weekend against the Tennessee Titans. And you know what? I'm just going to get out of the way. Kevin Lapka, the floor is yours. I mean, Super Bowl 2024 <laughs> champions. I mean, there's, not, there's really, there's, there, I'm sorry, there's just really nothing else to say here. Uh, Justin Fields is winning the MVP. If you didn't put $100 on it after the game, you're crazy. The Bears winning the NFC North. If you didn't put $100 on that after the game, you're crazy. We know this because it was two drives in the preseason, and this is what matters. Uh, the offense looked absolutely phenomenal. DJ Moore is probably going to be the offensive player of the year. I mean, if you're not taking these things away, I don't know what game you watched on Saturday, but I saw Justin Fields go 3-for-3 three three for 129 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, what a day. In all seriousness, the offense looked explosive. It looked fun. It looked exciting. You can't take much away from it because it was only three passes, and it was the Titans' second-string defense and all of those things. But you could still notice that these playmakers are going to help Justin Fields this year. You can take that away. You can see what the offensive line did in those plays and getting out in space and Tevin Jenkins and Braxton Jones moving and picking up blocks on the DJ Moore touchdown. It was great. Like, I know it's a preseason game against the Titans' second team unit, and if you talk to anybody outside of the Bears fan base, they will tell you that exact thing and say, oh, yeah, come on, man, the screen passes that went to touchdowns. This guy, we still don't know yet about this Justin Fields guy, right? That's what they'll tell you, but I think you could take some things away from it. And statistically, Jake, statistically, 
Patrick Mahomes had 2,853 yards last year of his total come after the catch. That's 53% of his yards. And that's not to discredit Patrick Mahomes in any way. Obviously, he's the best quarterback in the league and probably going to be the best player to play this game. But last year, Fields' percentage of yards that were after the catch was 31%. So if he just gets that up to 45 and gets some help from his pass catchers and his playmakers, it is going to be a good year offensively for this team. I think we saw a glimpse of it on Saturday. Jake, I know you're probably going to come back at me now with, yeah, it was three passes. He threw for, like, theoretically negative eight air yards or something. (laughs) Like, I know you're here to just bring me down, so... Let's hear it. Well, now. Um, there's two sides to this. On one hand, yes. Like they were throws behind the line of scrimmage. The screen pass to Moore wasn't great, too. Like it was not great, but that's fine. Like first preseason game, you're like th- first game action want? throws. What do you, what do you, what more do you, you want? He took it for a touchdown. Can, can you let me I will continue? Let you, but- so, <laughs> yeah, on one hand, like it's three passes and it was a couple series. Um, but on the other hand, you're absolutely correct. These are playmakers that you didn't have last year. These are big plays that you haven't had in the Justin Fields era that you really haven't had ever as a Bears fan <laughs> to an extent. So, yeah, it's still great to see that type of production still just from the pure standpoint that it's not something you've seen before. And instead, you get to see it right out of the gate. And yes, it's the preseason. Yes, it's backups. But you still usually don't see that from the Bears. So it's good to see that they have that in their bag. And guys, that can do that. I know Khalil Herbert has been around a couple years now. But still, just to show that he has that big play ability and can break runs off like that or you know catches off like that. And DJ Moore showing you exactly... You're getting exactly what's been advertised. You, you know, we've been hearing all through camp about the DJ Moore, Justin Fields connection, and what a playmaker DJ Moore is. Now you got to see it in game action, and that's been really good. So on one hand, yes, a- am I maintaining my expectations at about seven or eight wins? Yes, and obviously we'll get to our season long. We'll simulate the season and go game by game right before the regular season kicks off like we always do. But still expecting about seven or eight wins. However, it's good to see the improvements that we've been hearing about and that we've been you know, looking for as far as big plays go. And now you have a game coming up against the Colts where you probably expect to see Justin Fields in the first team offense a little bit more than mm-hmm. you did. Obviously, you got a couple series and you know, those series didn't last very long because you had two 60 plus yard plays go for touchdowns. But hopefully expect to see Justin Fields for a little bit longer. Expect more than three passes, expect more than one catch for DJ Moore, and expect a little bit more run for the first team offense so we can really see what this offense is about. But for all intents and purposes, that first game is exactly what you wanted to see, no matter how short that sample size was or how small that sample size was. You got exactly what you wanted. So you got the big plays. You got, I mean, even for Justin Fields, all right, only three passes, but you get yanked and then you get yanked off the field, you know, changing the street clothes. You're riding high still. Perfect quarterback rating, you know, perfect passer rating, whatever it is, and two touchdowns. Like, that's still in your head. All right, we can do this. Like, we can make big plays like this happen when we couldn't at all my first two years in the league. Right. I mean, they, they, like, the Bears' offense was explosive for a good portion of last year, and most of it was because of Justin Fields' legs and his ability running. But to, to see, like, someone other than him create the explosive plays, because if you really think about it, like, even the explosive plays that they had down the field, ball was caught, guy falls to ground, you know, and there's no yards after the catch, which is, you know, probably sure. also could be put on Justin Fields if he's not leading the receiver, putting the ball in the right spot. But, like, you think a lot of those explosive plays, you don't think of, all right, it's a 10-yard pass that your pass catcher takes 70 yards to the house. It was all Justin Fields doing it himself. So just to see him get help from, from those players. And, and, again, let's go back to those plays and break them down. Like, 
TJ Moore, great job. Like that juke was nasty, and then he yep. just he just ran away. Like he turned on the afterburners. Like he, <laughs> he looked just goes. Fast. Yeah, he just goes. He looked. I think he's much faster than what I even expected. But like in both of those plays, like it's all gonna come down to what the offensive line can do. And you saw on that screenplay, you first see you know you see Braxton Jones get out in space, seal the first block, and then about ten yards ahead of him, it's Tevin Jenkins just hauling ass up there, yep. getting the the last block that's needed for DJ Moore to break away. And like that's the aspects of this offensive line that we've been looking for, right? Athletes, guys who can move in space because we know they're gonna want to do a lot of play action and a lot of motion, a lot of guys um, you know, in screen passes where you need these offensive linemen to be in the right spot and get there and use their athleticism to get there and seal those blocks. And we saw that not only on the DJ Moore catch, but also on the Khalil Herbert play. Yep. You saw just Tier Carter get down the field in that play. Um, I believe you saw Cody White here seal the final block right near the end zone. The guy of his age is getting yeah. down the field and moving it. Like I was more encouraged by those things than I know on the play to Herbert, it was sort of a pass protection breakdown. And I gotta go watch through that again and see what went wrong there. But and like again, you can kind of deal with those things because you sure. have Justin Fields. Like that play looked broken, and then once again, it's just Fields making magic and 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 hitting Herbert, hitting the open man. And that's the other thing, right? Like, again, I gotta watch all twenty-two, but you know, talk about the maturation process for Justin Fields in year three, right? Now that you recognize that you have guys who can make plays and you don't need to do it yourself, you feel more comfortable taking the check down, yeah, taking right. Khalil Herbert in the flat or DJ Moore. Well, the, the screenplay was designed. So, so you know, the Khalil Herbert play in the flat or even the Kari Blazing game, the first completion of the game mm-hmm. um, to the fullback, they had, you know, another one where... That ball probably gets batted down last year, too, but he finds the right arm angle. He gets it uh, behind the defensive end and finds his man. So I just saw more comfortability from Fields making the right decisions, and I know it was only three plays, but with a small sample size, you look like it's an offense that you know is a more well-oiled machine than it was last year in every facet. Yeah, and that's part of the year one to year two you know, jump or whatever fluidity that you talk about when you get that uh, – you continue to be in that same system, that consistency, and that's big too. And that's a big reason why we consider that Justin Fields could take a jump this year because it's his second straight year with Luke Getze, which he hasn't had that consistency for you know his NFL career yet. And really, we talk about even going back to college where it was college coordinator, then first year in the NFL, and then first year of Luke Getze. And now, now you finally have... A, a consecutive years with the same coordinator, which is good. Um, so yeah, I, I agree. I think that it's mostly positive things to take away from that, and that the offense can create those explosive plays. The off and Justin Fields, like you said, looks comfortable and looks confident, which is good. And now we'll see how that translates to week two of the preseason. Uh, and really, the quote unquote. I mean, I think expecting that if this is the dress rehearsal game, and then the last week of the preseason, everyone sits. I expect. Could be wrong, obviously, but, you know, joint practices into that second game is kind of what we're expecting uh, for the longest look that we're going to get at the starters. Um, Any concern from you, though, for the people and the guys that did not play in that game and really might not play in this upcoming week either? Uh, We did not see Chase Claypool. He came up with a hamstring injury. We did not see Nate Davis, who still remains out with an undisclosed injury, which is very weird. Didn't say Tremaine Edmonds. Didn't see TJ Edwards. Uh, Jack Sanborn now pops up on the uh, injured report as well. TJ Edwards was out there. TJ Edwards was out there. Tremaine Edmonds, though. And and just a list of guys who were not out. Who do you think we see this week? And, I, I mean, worry meter level if guys like Chase Claypool and Nate Davis do not play this week. Oh, very low. I mean, again, like it, it, even if they're dealing with something minor, it's a hamstring tweak or it's something like that. Mm. 
what's what's the reason to rush him out for a preseason game? I mean, you're talking about yes, the rapport between Justin Fields and Chase Claypool needs to be created, but they've had a ton of training camp reps, and if it's only a you know a quarter of play, maybe three drives, I mean, how how much are you getting out of it? And we we talked about those reps being important, but if you prioritize health in that situation. So for a guy like Chase Claypool or Tremaine Edmonds, where they probably, if it were Super Bowl Sunday, mm-hmm. they'd be playing. Like, I'm not worried about that. Keep them healthy. Let them be good for year one. They're veterans. They've been in the league. They kind of understand how these things work. When it comes to Nate Davis, though, just because of the lack of clarity and transparency when it comes to his condition. Hasn't even practiced. Hasn't even practiced. Yes, I'm concerned about that. And, again, it's hard to say whether the his injury report for uh, this Saturday will tell anything at all because we just don't know. But yeah, I mean, that, it, it's concerning, and you know, we we don't know if Jatir Carter is going to be able to, you know, be good in his replacement yet. We just don't have enough uh, game reps or training camp reps to to prove that he's looked okay. But this is your, you know, quote unquote solution at the guard position in free agency, and he hasn't, you know, participated at all. Yeah. Um, and at some point, like the later that this keeps going, he might be in a situation where he's going through something that. Even if he misses all of training camp in the preseason, he can't just start week one. Right. Like if you're going through an injury like that, that's you know pretty lingering. You're gonna have to get back out on the practice field, go through game reps, get up to game speed to get your body ready. You can't just miss all of the entirety of July and August and then expect to be ready to go on September 10th. You just it's just not going to happen. Um, so I'm concerned about Nate Davis, but the rest of the roster, Tremaine Evans, Chase Claypool, um, you know, the other guys you mentioned, I, it's too early. It's premature for me to be worried about it. Uh, somebody that I know you are definitely worried about and something that we talked about last week leading in that first game. Bayless Jones Jr., hot seat, muffed a punt against the Titans. Kevin Lapka's texting me as it happens. Oh, my God, Bayless. Because we called it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's officially hot seat for him. I, I still think that they're going to be trying to give him that job and trying to find reasons to keep him on the roster just because, A, the pedigree of being a third-round pick and – Also because we did hear so much in camp and in practice about how much better he's looked. I'm willing to forgive one. I did text you immediately. Yeah, I'm out on this guy. He stinks. (laughs) But rational brain. I think they give him one more chance this week. I think if he he muffs another punt this week, then it's like, okay, you you know, you're – you're, you're in trouble. You might be cut. And you're probably losing your job to Dante Pettis. We'll see. But I, I think they want to find reasons to keep Valus Jones Jr. I don't think one muff punt in week one of the preseason is going to, you know, be curtains for him. But I think if one more happens this week, you know, and maybe even against because, you know, they have joint practices with the Colts this week, getting a different look mm-hmm. with a different punter, with a different special teams unit coming at you. Maybe he starts to look shaky during the week against the Colts, too, and then muffs one in the game, then I think you're in real danger. Yeah, it was also sort of a weird return. Like, it, the ball bounced. He might have got caught in the sun. And he just – it was more of a bad decision than it yeah. was a, a, a bad physical play, sure. right? Like, it doesn't really say anything about whether his hands have improved or whether he's capable of catching punts better. It was really just a bad decision. The ball bounced, and then he should have let it keep bouncing. It would have it would have bounced more yards. So I understand kind of why he would have wanted to go for it and try to pick it up and just, you know, get the ball at that spot. But it was just a bad decision. And then the other guy came in and just and just knocked it out right there. So 
he deserves a second chance, but the hypothetical situation that we portrayed uh, in the last episode was, hey, like that leash is not long, and it just got shorter. Like it, it right. whether we'll give him a second chance, but because of that muff punt, it got shorter. And sure, did Dante Pettis have sixty yards and a touchdown? No, he didn't. I don't. Did right. he even play? I no. can't. I, you don't. Did he? He didn't play at all. I don't believe. Yeah, so. I don't think he played. So, um, I, 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 I double check that, but, um. Velas Jones Jr. is 100% on the hot seat, and he's got to have you know a good week of practice against the Colts, and he's got to do it on on Saturday. Like if if he does nothing um, as a punt returner on Saturday, then you know maybe they get rid of him. But it would all it it, it all would have been able um, it all would be interesting to see if he gets the opportunity to get a kick return as well. We talked about his abilities as a kick returner with the fourth best um, or yeah fourth best average. Um, on kick, ret- kick return yards last year, and then the second most in 40-plus yard returns. and Confirmed all of no sign of Dante Pettis yeah, on no, no Dante Saturday. Pettis. That's right. Okay. So, you know, it would be interesting to see what Bayless Jones Jr. can do. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, the last thing that he probably wanted to happen. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, but now we spin it forward to the second week of the preseason. Like I mentioned, second week or full week of my brain just broke for a second week of joint practices with yep. the Indianapolis Colts in Indianapolis. Um, Maddie Rafflus was quoted saying this is a good chance for guys to get different looks for guys to get different feels and different, you know, schemes thrown at them as opposed to just their teammates and just the same thing over and over and over. Now you go to Indianapolis the a team that obviously Maddie Rafflus has a lot of familiarity with and you get to face Shaq Leonard and mm-hmm. DeForest Buckner has been sidelined. He has been playing a lot, but maybe you see him and you see a lot of different fronts from Indianapolis now. And, you know, we've seen a couple instances of scrappiness or, you know, chirp in each other with the offense and defense, specifically Chase Claypool and Eddie Jackson being the big one, obviously, but you know, you get a different competitive edge here and you get to learn a lot. I think during this week of practices and in the upcoming game about guys like the rookies, specifically Darnell Wright and Tyreek Stevenson. And then obviously your new additions, DJ Moore as well. And maybe chase Claypool if he uh, ends up practicing and playing this week and the offensive line, you know, Tevin Jenkins at a new position Mm -hmm. as well. Justin Fields getting to see a different scheme and different look and different pressures thrown at him. So I think this is going to be really valuable for the Bears, especially the rookies and Justin Fields and the other guys that I outlined. But it's just uh, kind of that lead up to that dress rehearsal and figuring out what works and what doesn't as a team. Yeah, I mean, these things are these joint practices are important. I mean, this is your first opportunity to see an opposing defense and see an opposing offense and be able to set a tone, right? Like that. That I think that's the key here is come out and show them who you are, right? Don't mess around, like. This is a team that's going to want to kick your ass in practice, and you're going to, uh, I believe you're going to their place. You're going to Indianapolis, mm-hmm. so you'll be in their house with their fans there at their training camp, and they're going to do things their way, and you're going to have to get acclimated. But go in there and show them who the Chicago Bears are. Like This is your first opportunity to set a tone and show you know what kind of team you have. It's completely different when you're playing uh, against an opponent versus against your own guys, and things will get chippy, and I want to. I was going to ask you, who do you think gets in a brawl? Because someone will get in a brawl. Like This will happen Well, what this do we week. define a brawl as? Like, Punches thrown or yeah, just shoving? I like sure a mix between the two any any sort of thing that happens any altercation um place your bets on who you think gets into a brawl and chase claypool's the easy answer i was gonna say chase claypool's the easy answer but we don't know how available he's gonna be i feel uh, like Jalen johnson's gonna get chippy with somebody i feel like he's, he's i was actually gonna say uh 
Tevin Jenkins. Okay, that's a good one. Because he kind of has shown up as that enforcer type role before Mm -hmm. uh, as far as protecting Justin Fields specifically in games. So I think he's a good candidate. Jalen Johnson doesn't strike me just because he always seems to be like more on the quiet side and like reserved. Eddie Jackson, maybe after we saw him going at it with Chase Claypool. Right. Um, It's going to happen, though. I would honestly wouldn't mind DJ Moore. Okay. I think that would be interesting just as far as like it could be a him sticking up for Justin Fields type situation. It could be something completely different. I don't know. I think the offense, the offense is what I'm looking for and what I'm kind of hoping because you never want to hope for guys to like get in a fight and throw punches and maybe like get suspended or something um, or the team, you know, to punishment from the team. But I mean, the offense is more what I'm looking for than the defense because everything that we heard in training camp the last couple of weeks is that the defense has the juice. The defense has the attitude. The defense is ready to chirp people and, you know, get in people's faces. Mm-hmm. The offense, not so much. So I would really like to see, to be honest, guys like Tevin Jenkins, DJ Moore, Khalil Herbert, you name it, somebody step up and kind of be in the center there and either clap back at somebody or be talking back and forth with somebody, get in somebody's face, stick up for your guys. I think that's what I would like to see Mm -hmm. just because it would show that, okay, the offense got the message. They're trying to have that mentality of like, being in people's face and chirping them and not just laying down when somebody comes at you. Yeah, and I love that. And that's what we talked about, them trying to set the tone throughout the entirety of training camp. The defense has been setting it, and this is the the opportunity for the offense to say, hey, you know, you know, we're here. We have a squad this year. We have a unit. This is a bad Colts defense, even if it's practice. Like, let's go after them and let's make some plays and show them that, hey, this is going to be a top-10 offense this year and set that tone and, and have that nasty. And I think, like, the offensive line is is growing into a unit that does have that. And Darnell Wright, you saw a little bit of his nasty on Saturday. He played well in the in the snaps that he saw. And, of course, Tevin Jenkins and Braxton Jones and Cody Whitehair and all those guys. Let's get the big boys up front setting that tone for the offensive line and, and keeping Justin Fields clean and making some plays um, in practice. So, yeah, I mean, these things are important. And, you know, the reports out of – Camp and these joint practices will be relatively important. Like they're they're more significant than what you see um, from reports and practices when it's just your own team. But if you hear that, hey, Justin Fields is having a really good day against the Colts defense, that's as close as you're going to get, um, other than game reps, to what your quarterback can do on a consistent basis uh, basis in your offense against a, an opposing defense. So that's what I'm looking out more for than anything is what this offense can do. I'm not really threatened by anything that the Colts can do offensively um, with Anthony Richardson, who's just named the starter, and Jonathan Taylor, uh, who's just coming back off of his ankle injury and the whole situation they have with him and the contract and requesting um, a request of a trade and everything over there. I'm not, I'm not really concerned uh, about what the Bears' defense will do against them. But, yeah, this is all about what the offense can do and set that tone. And yeah, I was watching Hard Knocks last night, and they had joint practices with the Carolina Panthers, and the New York Jets offense was getting dominated by the Panthers defense in that episode, and it was a little bit like you watch that, and you're you're a little concerned for for the Jets offense there. So like these, there's takeaways to be had from uh, from these things. It doesn't tell the whole story. It doesn't mean the Bears are going to be bad if the offense looks bad for a week. Doesn't mean they're going to be amazing if the offense looks amazing for a week. There's also you know a gray area when it comes to this stuff. Even if it's joint practices, but it's as close as you're going to get to to something against another team that's not the preseason game. So yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I want to go back to something in the Bears Titans game that just really. I did not expect, and I'm sure you didn't expect after we talked like three weeks ago about this being the worst front four unit in the NFL. And of course, that changed after the signing of Anik Ngakwe, but he did not play on uh, Saturday, I don't believe. No, he didn't. 
The defense had eight sacks. They did. They had eight they sacks. Did. And this is a Tennessee Titans offense that, you know, Mike Vrabel is the former offensive lineman. They care a lot about what their big boys can do up front. That's yep. how they run their team. They're going to run Derrick Henry into the ground 30 times a game and protect Ryan Tannehill and all these things, right? This is a good this is a good scheme and good offensive front four for the Tennessee Titans in your defense with guys down the depth chart like Jalen Harris and even Travis Gibson who had a game are getting sacks yep. left and right. Eight sacks, Jake. What the hell did I witness on Saturday? Yeah, I mean... Even, I mean, it kind of goes back to, all right, you know, it's preseason, whatever. But, I mean, it was good to see. I mean, we talked about last week how Travis Gibson was one of the guys that was on the cutting board and potentially was somebody who was going to be left off of this roster. And he comes up and has a big showing uh, with a couple of sacks. Uh, And, you know, uh, Travis Gibson, two sacks, two tackles, sorry, three solo, one sack, uh, three QB hits on his own. I mean, that's big. That's something that's a guy who wants to stick around on this roster and feels like he has something to contribute. Uh, rookie Zach Pickens had a yep. sack, which is really good. We've been hearing good things about him, and that is a good indicator that hopefully he's in for a, a big year as a rookie. Obviously, you know, generally, you know, have our standards set, you know, but by rookie standards, a, a big season. But yeah, I mean, Hopefully it means that something has clicked with this defense. Hopefully it means that you now have the right rotation of guys and the right assortment of guys that can come in and be effective on this pass rush and on this defensive line. And, you know, if guys like Travis Gibson can contribute, that's awesome. And you really are love seeing that, especially considering that your two defensive ends your two expected starting defensive mm-hmm. ends didn't even play. Right. So these are all really your backups. I mean, your starting defensive tackles did, but really we're focused on Zach Pickens and Gervon Dexter, who the latter didn't really do much. And we'll see how he does against Indianapolis this week, especially going against a good or at least decent uh, Indianapolis Colts offensive line. But yeah, I mean, it's a step in the right direction for sure. It's definitely way better than having zero sacks or one sack. And we'd be sitting here being like, Oh, well, here we go. We're in for another rough ride. At least this gives you hope that they could be. Uh, I'm not saying an off like an awesome, you know, unit, but a pretty good or at least above average unit, possibly. And I think that's all you need to have. Like yeah. I, I think with the defense, that I mean, you, you were have, the worst last year. So. You were the worst last year, so the bar is low. But the back end of your defense is really good, and the center of your defense is really good with the linebackers. Like if you just have an above average pass rush, you're going to be probably a pretty damn good defense this year. Um, I, it was it was very 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 encouraging, and it's like the one thing you can take away from preseason. I think is just like those guys that play well, you know, down the depth chart, the second and third stringers, like. What the I think the only thing you can take away is that's a testament to good coaching. Like if you see those guys down the depth chart making plays and doing the right things, like that's the takeaway is that those guys are being coached well. And to see them have eight sacks and not of all of them come from the first guys, but have them come from the second, the third, and even the four stringers late in the fourth quarter, like that's a testament that hey, maybe Allen Williams has figured something out um, for this team and Matt Eberflus, obviously as a defensive-minded coach, which we kind of forget about, is is finally instilling this defensive mentality they want. And really just across it, like when 
and this was the case last year, like I know they didn't get to the quarterback often, but when they did, they were going for the football, and they did that multiple times on Saturday, forcing a fumble. Um, they had four takeaways on Saturday, just getting after it, having a nose for the football. Even Kyler Gordon on that first drive absolutely lit up. I think, was that, I don't even know, was that Traylon Burks? I don't know who caught that pass, but the first play of the game yep. uh, for Tennessee was that huge 40-yard play, which wasn't great. It was actually a pass coverage breakdown, um, but you saw Kyler Gordon come in there, boom, lay yeah. wood, and just, uh, it was down by contact but just this ideology of hey get after the football and hey they brought peanut tillman in to yep. training camp multiple times this year so obviously that's something um that they're trying to improve and that's the whole basis of this matt Eberflus defense so to see them get after the quarterback and also have a nose for the football is absolutely critical it's going to win you football games it probably won you this preseason game they won the takeaway battle by one um and it was probably a difference in the game they had the final interception on tennessee to seal it so yeah, man, I'm 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 encouraged by what this defense can do from a takeaway standpoint. I think what you're going to see this year, Jake, is they're going to let up a lot of big drives. They're going to let up a lot of yards at times. It's going to happen, but the offense is going to keep them in games. I think this is going to be a top 10 unit that has the potential to keep cool. you in every single game. And the, they're going to have a bunch of takeaways, probably be like top 12 in the league in takeaways that will win you games throughout the year. So I'm not expecting them to be in the top 15 even of like, Oh, total yard, which I think is just like a dumb stat in today's NFL. Like, if you're measuring a defense's talent by yards per game allowed at this point, like, like what do you? It doesn't matter, right? It just it it doesn't matter in this age of the NFL um, because they could go 80 yards down the field, but if you get a takeaway in the red zone, it's like. Doesn't matter, right? right Those eighty yeah. yards are pretty much negated. Um, so I think that's what you're going to see from this defense this year, and I'm I'm just I'm cautiously optimistic about them being a a, a really good unit. Yeah, it's across the board, all signs pointing upwards, and hopefully that trend continues in the second week of the preseason as joint practices start and then after this game uh, over the weekend. But all arrows are pointing up right now. I didn't have a lot that I saw that was like, oh, well, you know, this is a big, you know, red flag here. This is a, this is a big flashing sign that something's wrong here. The defense played well. The pass rush was really good. You got explosive plays out of the offense. Your rookies all across the board look generally good, even if they were unspectacular at times. Um, you know, as as Jay put in the chat, like even though Gervon Dexter didn't show up big in the stat sheet, it's you know he's working on fundamental things. Mm-hmm. And so we've heard all training camp, and it seems like that for the most part happened in the game. So that's good. And Tyreek Stevenson, I mean, oh my God, this guy. Like he, he might be really, really good, uh, which would be awesome because he's probably going to be your starting outside corner, obviously. And then Kyler Gordon is going to be your starting nickel and he continues to just look unbelievable and hopefully have a breakout year. But yeah, I mean, confidence meter for everybody right now is, is pretty solid. I would say. I mean, yeah, like you're feeling pretty good after that game. And even if they lost, you probably were feeling pretty good. Sure. The Tyreek Stevenson thing is huge. Like we, 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 we've known this, I think, from the start. We kind of had an expectation that he was going to start, right? That he was going to yeah. be the outside. Like, that That was never a well, question. Well, especially when Terrell Smith went down with an injury. Right. Like, that kind of swung the door way open for Tyreek Stevenson. For sure, and he's taking advantage of that opportunity. But we, I think we all, we, we kind of knew after he was drafted, we, we were, you know, of the belief that that was a steal for them where they got him, and he has potentially be a really good player, and he's finally proving it. And he just looks, like, he's got a great frame, too. Like, he's got really good length, um, you know, a really good body size for that position, and he just looks like he's going to be, you know, a, a 
shutdown corner and a guy mm-hmm. who's going to make plays all over the field. He had seven tackles on Saturday as well, so that's him doing it, you know, around the field, away from, um, you know, away from passes too. So that 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 you love to see it. I'm I, again, this secondary I think just has the potential to be a top five unit. Like this yeah. secondary alone is just insanely talented. It's the best part of your defense. It's, it's the best part of your defense. I think some people would say the linebackers are, but I just, I just, I, it's, I, I think it's the secondary for sure. And um, you know, Jalen Johnson played. Eddie Jackson, uh, I don't believe played in the. He might no. have played in the first drive. I can't remember. Um, but it was encouraging um, to see a guy like Tyreek Stevenson make plays and you know they kind of got carved up in that first drive by the Titans I'm not gonna lie so see that first unit make some more plays against the the Colts this week but confidence meter for everyone is very very high and like I said this I think a couple weeks ago like I think you're gonna go through training camp and you're gonna go through the preseason you're gonna see these things happen and these these big plays from DJ Moore from Justin Fields to DJ Moore and like you're gonna get a lot more people jumping on the Bears yeah. bandwagon here and saying, hey, maybe they have a little something. It's just naturally we do it, right? Like I'm watching Hard Knocks, and I'm like, the Jets are, I think, could win the Super Bowl this year, right? It's sure. just It just happens. You get caught up in it, and the hype around the Bears is real. We know the hype around Justin Fields has existed for, you know, a majority of the summer now, and yep. seeing it all come together and seeing the fan, like the fans at that mm-hmm. game who saw those two big plays are probably like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. we have a chance to win 10-11 games this year and win this division, and that's just only going to grow through these next two weeks. So, And that's, that's that's a good thing, right? Like, right, there's yeah. nothing wrong with setting the expectations high. Like, if you beat the Colts and you play really well, and then you beat the Bills in Week Three of the preseason, even if your starters don't play and you play really well, and you ride that high into the season, you're gonna need it. You're gonna need it, and and have that confidence to to win games and win games early against um against your storied rival Week One. So there's nothing wrong with a little bit of confidence as long as you don't you know get too confident. But I'm I'm feeling very good about the state of this team right now from that standpoint. Are you prepared for anything that Anthony Richardson does good and Justin Fields potentially does bad for the takes, hashtag takes, hashtag that takes. the Bears should have stayed at number one and taken a quarterback? Are you prepared for that? Because that's go- going to happen. It's not going to happen. Yes, it is. Because if they were Kevin, playing the Carolina Panthers, it would happen, but there's no relation to Anthony Richardson but Kevin, to that. It's already happened with people, We and we've talked about this, people are ready to nitpick Justin Fields and any mistake he makes, anything that happens, they are ready to say, oh, well, Justin Fields isn't the guy or there's Justin Fields can't handle the pressure, so on and so forth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now going against a guy who was the fourth overall pick who the Bears theoretically could have had, like, you know, those takes are going to happen. I'm not saying they're going to come from me, but I'm saying the people who are out there on, you know, X and on the Internet are going to say, oh, well, the Bears should have taken a rookie quarterback because look at how Anthony Richardson is doing this well. And look at, like, if Justin Fields does anything wrong, anything, if there was an interception and Anthony Richardson has a touchdown, a long touchdown or something, you know those takes are going to happen. You know it as well as I do. There will be people out there who have those takes. Are those people that have those takes educated? No. Are they dumb? Yes. But... You're probably right. Like, and 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 this will happen. Like, Justin Fields won't get that relief until I think like five weeks into the season. Like, for a lot of people outside of the Bears circle who are still in that school of thought of, hey, they should have taken a quarterback. And if Bryce Young plays well for the Panthers to start the year, it's gonna take like probably five or six weeks for Justin Fields to settle in and establish himself and get those people off the internet saying, Oh, they should have taken a rookie. He's good, he's a good passer. Like 
people are people don't want to give that to him. They don't want to grant him um, that relief. They they want to be critical and they want to you know just have the leash as long as possible to see if he can prove you know who he is. And it's going to take a little bit of time. Even last Saturday, right? Like, yes, was it screen passes that took it to the house? A hundred percent. But those are plays that. You know, guys making it shows up on the report and it's 129 yards and it's a perfect passer rating. Like, people are going to find a way to discount anything that he does yes. this year. Anything that he does. Oh, well, you know, you know, it's, it's DJ Moore, you know, did that. It wasn't really Justin Fields or, or oh, the offensive line, you know, did that. He it doesn't mean he's a good passer. All, they're they're going to find a way sure to make it seem like he is not any good. It's just for some reason... I, maybe it's because it's the Bears quarterback. I don't know why people don't want to, you know, admit that he's good. Um, but it's going to happen. So yeah, I'm 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 ready for it, and I'm ready to shut those people the hell up. All right, expectations for Week Two uh, of the preseason and this game against the Colts. For me, I mean, like I said, I'm expecting it to be the dress rehearsal, the game that we see the most out of the starters. Hopefully, we get some guys back. I know Nate Davis started practicing in a limited fashion. Uh, I think it was yesterday. And Chase Claypool is still up in the air as far as his status. But hopefully, you get a couple guys back. Hopefully, you get to see like Tremaine Edmonds and Eddie Jackson and a little bit of the starting defensive unit. That would be nice. Um, Anik Ngakwe, I don't know. Maybe he's up to speed yet. That's, I guess, a Bears call. Uh, who knows? But it would be nice to see everybody, even if it's for a series, even if it's for a quarter. But I think that you will. I think that should be the expectation. And, yeah, Yak is great and big plays are great. I, I, I need to see more than three passes from Justin Fields, though, at the end of the day. Like, that's that's what I really want to see. And I want to actually – I'm actually interested to see how the running back rotation shakes out this week as well because Roshan Johnson, they continue to rave about him. They, like, in practices, and he played well in the game – they continue to say like, oh, that we love this guy's running style. We love his fit. We love what he can do. And Cleo Herbert, on the other hand, gives you that explosive play for a touchdown and seemingly has a lot of confidence. So I'm interested to see how that shakes out, how the carries are divvied up with the first team offense between those two. If Deonta Foreman works into the mix at all uh, as well, that's going to be very interesting to me. Um, so really just for me, it's going to be health and the starters and to a lesser extent, the running back rotation. Yeah, I mean, I think the running back rotation will be interesting. I think Khalil Herbert is close to solidifying himself as that RB1 on this team, and I think last week, last Saturday, obviously helped that. Um, Roshan Johnson, you know, 12 carries, 44 yards, 3.7 average. You know, he had the one big play, but other than mm. that, it was nothing spectacular. So he's going to have to to show up and, and really find his place in this running back room because I do still think it's a clear-cut one-two between Herbert and Foreman and then Roshan okay. um, is, is three. But I don't think he's going to get a large percentage of um, of the carries in that room. And Travis Homer will probably be cut, uh, and Tristan Ember will probably be cut as well. So it's really down to Herbert Foreman and, and Roshan as far as what they're going to do against the Colts. But I think in general, like the Bears offense as a whole, Justin Fields had three attempts. Peterman had six attempts. Badgent had five attempts. Walker had eight attempts. They only threw the ball 22 times. Like, throw the ball more in preseason. Like, they, sure. like I don't care yeah. if it's the first team or the fourth team. But like, that's what this Bears I, team is going to be. Like, we, they're going to run the know, ball. I don't know, though. Especially I, early. They're going to run the ball good amount. Especially early. But it's not this gonna be is going as much to be a running team. Year. How much do you think they'll run? They're not going to run the same on as last year. 
You think so? I mean, why not? They invested in the offensive line. They invested at the running back position. Just... I know they invested in wide receivers as well and in Justin Fields, but I think to start at least, their identity is going to be run the football. I mean, in this age of the NFL, I mean, we talked about it. Like, you you can use those explosive plays sure. every once in a while, but like this can't, you know, the ground, this can't be a ground and pound team like you were last year. And I, it almost felt like in times, right, that they they did that because they were intentionally trying to lose. Like, yeah, I, sure. I don't know, not intentionally, but like, you know, you don't need to throw the ball wink, so many wink, times. Yeah. yeah, wink, wink, right? Um, I just want to see this passing offense in general see see the possibilities with Luke Getze and we saw a lot of it last year but I think there's still more to see you know go through the motions of of, of getting more pass reps um and I know again the the whole Justin Fields completion attempts thing had to do with the fact that they scored touchdowns of 60 you know 50 plus yards each drive and he didn't get the opportunity to throw more because of that because they probably had a set number of drives as he was going to play regardless it wasn't like oh you scored two touchdowns right. on you know <clears throat> let's let's try I mean, to back out there it helps so um I just like ten attempts from Justin Fields this this week, if possible. I, I would I would like to see that, and I would like to see you know they carried the ball twenty nine times. Like, right? Tennessee rushed the ball twenty five times, and that's like the most heavily uh, heavily rushed team in the NFL in, in Tennessee. So I just want to th- see the ball thrown a little bit more and see what this offense can do from a passing standpoint. And hey, PJ Walker didn't play well last week, um, so. You know, I, I've said multiple times, I think he's going to get game reps this year. I think Justin Fields might go down for a week or two just because of the nature of uh, of his play style. And if that happens, P.J. Walker is going to have to come in and win you an important ball game. And didn't look on sa- Saturday like he's equipped to do that yet. So more reps from him, more reps from Justin Fields is what I'm expecting and what I want to see on Saturday. As far Let's- as the amount of times they ran the ball last week i think that's part of the ramp up process though too you know like don't put the ball out there up in the air for guys to get smoked like tyler gordon smoked that tennessee receiver like you said i forget who it was too but less of that and just kind of like the ramp up process have i mean obviously it's football guys are gonna get hit regardless and it's not lessening the impact of the hits even if you're running the ball but a little bit less you know what i mean so uh, like i agree with you though i would say 10 is still too low like i'd like 15 like Give me 15. From Justin Fields? Yeah, past attempts. I mean, give me some run. Uh, let me see what more of what DJ Moore can do down the field. Show me some Tyler Scott. Show me Robert Tunyon and Cole Komet. Show me, hopefully, Chase Claypool. Like, just, just, and I know they don't want to give away everything in the preseason, obviously, but, you know, let, let's open it up a little bit. Let's see a little bit more of what these guys can do and not just screen passes and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So. No. Yeah, and you need you need answers at wide receiver, right? We talked about Bayless, and I don't believe he had a reception. I don't even know if he really had many receiving reps at all. Uh, he had one reception for six yards. But, you know, you talk about that sixth piece. If uh, if Dante Pettis plays, then you're going to need to give those guys more opportunities to figure out what you want for that sixth wide receiver on the roster. And, hey, Tyler Scott, you know, had a, had a, had a catch. It was a, it was a good route. It was a good catch, yeah. and he fumbled the football. So more reps for him. Um, out there and, and securing the ball. We know the drops have been a problem. So what he should be doing is, you know, I, I forget who this was. I think it was, it's DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins walks, uh, what is, he walks around practice and like walks around everywhere he goes in the facility, like squeezing a water bottle. Like all, like that's all he does to like work on his hand huh. strength, just like 24 seven. He's just, if he has a water bottle, right, he's just, you're just constantly squeezing it to like, you know, not one of these because it'll spray out sure. at you. Um, but, you know, 
just like any water bottle or anything or a football, like he'll have something in his hands just squeezing it to huh. work on his hand strength. And that's a guy whose hands are just probably the best hands in the NFL still at his age. So um, Tyler Scott, have a football, water bottle, whatever you can. Everybody. Like, everybody. <laughs> why does have everybody do it at that point? I mean, why not? That's It seems like a good idea to me. I, I thought you were talking about, wasn't it uh, DeAndre Hopkins who would walk around the locker room and be like, you can't cover me, you can't cover me, you can't cover me? Wasn't that him? Think so. I'm almost positive it was him, thing to do. which is also yeah. was true at the time. I mean, too. it's still true. It's still yeah. true, and that's like, like, so this is like when you talk about like training camp and stuff. Another, I've talked about hard knocks a couple of times. The other thing that I think is great is just like, and I think we hit on this before. Like, have you, 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 you have so I'm much still out. Yeah, you're yeah, still okay. out. That's fine. That's fine. Um, but like, they did a whole good ten minutes on like Sauce Gardner versus Garrett Wilson, how those guys and those competitive fires between those two, because they're so good, are going to make each other so much better. And I think you're going to start to see that, you know, with this team with more talent across the roster, like you're going to see DJ Moore and Jalen Johnson make each other better. Yeah. They're going to learn a lot from each other because. They're both really good players, and this defense is going to learn a lot from game planning for quarterbacks like Justin Fields because you're in this era where a lot of guys around the league have the same talents, not as fast, but the same mobility, right? You know, even guys like you know Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and and, and the top quarterbacks in the league, Trevor Lawrence, Justin Herbert, like these guys are all mobile, and you're going to learn a lot from game planning in practice against Justin Fields applying that to game situations, and I just think across the roster, because you have more talent, you're seeing – Guys make each other better, right? Sure. Like that's why bad teams stay bad and good teams stay good. Is you have really talented players across the field who have knowledge, who are good, who can make each other better, and just you know they have vet- vet- veterans across the roster too at each position group who can you know drop some knowledge and and those things are important. So um, I like to see that competitive fire, and I would like to see DJ Moore in the locker room like DeAndre Hopkins saying, "You can't cover me. You can't oh, yeah. cover me. You can't cover me," because he's probably right. Uh, all right, last thing, uh, predictions for Justin Fields for this game. Stay um, Predict the stat line. I think he'll play a quarter. Okay. I think he'll play a quarter. I think he'll go 10 for 10 with 400 <laughs> yards. I mean, he's on pace for that, is he not? He's on pace for, uh, if you were to extrapolate. Over a 17-game season. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I saw something that about that, that if you were extrapolating the stats over a 17-game season, it would have been 8,000 yards. <laughs> A hundred and something touchdowns. Like, yes, this is obviously going to happen. In. Um, in. That's <laughs> – he still might not win MVP, though. People still might think they should have uh, drafted not. Bryce Young. No, I, th- I think he'll probably play a full quarter, you know, seven for 10, 115 yards, a touchdown, you know, something like that. Um, I, I just want to see him throw the ball more, target some guys down the field. Hopefully Chase Claypool gets in the mix. Um, but – what are you expecting from him on Saturday? I'm about the same. I was going to say eight for 12. Uh, I'm going to say like, I'm going to say like 93 yards. And I'm going to say he runs a touchdown, but does not okay. throw for one this week. Okay. Um, but fine. still like, which is still fine. Yeah. I mean, we'll take the yards. Still just show us some progression. Show us a little bit more uh, and just open up the offense a little bit. Show us that there's some versatility to this offense. So that's all I'm looking for. I will say defensively, I'll say Tyreek Stevenson gets a pick though. Okay. Against Anthony Richardson. Okay, Tyreek Stevenson gets a pick. Anthony Richardson, I believe, threw one last week, and he looked terrible. He did, he did um, not so look good, which did. was surprising because then they were like, all right, you're the starter. Yeah, right? I was, so like, was a little okay. weird. But, but makes sense for them uh, to make this Colts Nation podcast. It makes it like, why waste time? You know he's going to be your guy going forward. Why waste time giving Minshew the first team reps? It makes sense. Don Burst. I actually give them credit. Don Burst is 2 for 12, 17 yards for Justin Fields. 
All right. Okay, done. Well, we'll see who's right. Yeah, we'll we'll see who's right. Yeah, defensively, um, if we want to do a little bold prediction, I think Eddie Jackson gets a pick. Come on now. I like it. I You're like just running it. back one from last year that we, we <laughs> used did, like every I think week. We used that pretty much every week. Yeah, Eddie Jackson. <laughs> I think he's gonna have a pick this week. Yeah, we got to get more creative with our bold predictions. Yeah, we this do. Year. We're gonna that's something we'll work but on. But it was hard last year. Like, what were you it gonna was, bold there predict? There wasn't a lot. Yeah, there <laughs> wasn't great. Justin stuff. Fields rushes for two touchdowns again and hundred yards. Like, no, like that shit was happening yeah. anyway. Like, let's get. A well, little that's more, why I went with the rookie. More creative. All right, give me a creative one this week. Create. I went with the rookie. I that's said, not creative. Something cool. Preston Abner, 80-yard touchdown. Like, that would be creative. Uh, I'm not predicting that, though. cool. I'll say, you know what? I'll say uh, the backup, backup, backup quarterback, Tyson Baggett, has a uh, – no, I think he's going to be good on the practice squad. I'll say Baggett throws for a 50-plus-yard touchdown. Wow. Okay, see, that's creative. I like that. Um, I think – I'm just looking at the depth chart and finding the most random name I can think. (laughs) Jared Pinckney. Receiver, okay. or maybe he might be a tight end. I'm not sure. Sure, Jerry Pinkney's catching a 20 yard touchdown. Beauty on Saturday. Love so it. when that happens, from, um, from say say Nathan Peterman. I dare you, Nathan Peterman. <laughs> Peterman had a great ball uh, last up. week to, to Isaiah Ford. That <laughs> ball was. Did you see that? That ball. That play was great. 37 yards. Isaiah Ford down the sidelines. Peterman's back, man. I was I was talking to Randy Merkin on Saturday. We were like, how Peterman's does, back. How is, is a real he still you just in said. the league, dude? This is Tyson Badgen's job to lose, though, for QB3. Yes, agreed. Um, Theoretically, yes. Should Theoretically. Be. Yeah, so. agreed. All right. Well, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. Thank you to everyone who was in the chat. Chat was very active today. We appreciate that. Appreciate all the viewers, all the listeners. You guys are great. We will be back next week to break down the aftermath of the week two preseason game against the Colts and look ahead to week three of the preseason, the final game of the preseason. Next week will be our final preseason episode, Kevin, before we do actual regular season analysis. It's right here. So stick with us. We'll see you next week. As always, you guys are the best. And until then, bear down.